This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by First World Collectibles. If you're into nerd culture, if you're into science, sports, memorabilia, wrestling figures, any of that sort of stuff, please visit firstroll.ca. Use promo code THEPODCAST20. You'll get 20% off. They update daily, like I mentioned. Sports memorabilia, signed everything you want. Comic books they've got. Literally anything you need or want. Even wrestling figures, old WWF magazines, stuff like that. So please support the cause and use promo code THEPODCAST20. And if I didn't say it before, they do ship worldwide. So it's all good to the international listeners. If you're into books and video games, please visit BossFightBooks.com today for great books on classic video games. You'll find titles like Metal Gear Solid, Splunky, Super Mario Bros. 3, and so many others. Everything you see on their websites available in paperback and ebook format. So please check it out. That is BossFightBooks.com. And if you want to support me directly, please visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com or scroll down on today's device. It's embedded right there. Click on that link. Takes you right to the merchandise store. I got everything from hoodies to t-shirts to travel mugs to phone cases. Anything you need or want, it is there. But if if you don't want to dish out some cash, totally understandable. Scrap all that. The most important thing, the freest thing, takes you two seconds. Please rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms, more specifically Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So this week, I'm rejoined. I think this is the quickest turnaround we've ever had. Two-week turnaround. But because they are such fanboys and they just finished coming all over their televisions, watching probably in their minds the greatest pay-per-view of all time, which we will get to, Max and Jesse. Welcome back, guys. Well done, Steve. More professional. (laughs) You got through the whole thing. See, I told you, it was because of that little layoff I had before. It, it screwed me up. Now I'm back to my regular schedule, so it's all good. Happy days. Um, we obviously, again, you know, this is, we're on video to each other, but you don't actually project it to anyone, but you still no. felt the need to go that extra mile and give us, like, a forest wallpaper that we're all in, which I don't think is doing anything for the connection. It's just for your own ego that it's there. No one's going to see this. But I appreciate I appreciate your um, self obsession. Is it still there? I thought I took that shit off. No, I'm still, still in the forest. Friend. Oh, then you guys got to change it. Just click on the top and go to grid, like the four boxes, and then go to grid view, and then you will go back to normal. Oh, grid view. Oh yeah, scary. okay. It just left me in the forest. Yeah, okay. This is better. I'm back now. There you I'm go. I'm back, baby. I'm back in my room. <laughs> I know that what is it AR VR whatever they call it nowadays that that shit still doesn't work correctly. You still like I don't like the flickering and the in and outs. And then if someone's bald, you see like the hair, and then you don't see the hair, and it looks kind of fucking funkyish. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. So you obviously get, but you get like the VR video games, right? When you wear that, works pretty good. Now you've got Whoa. one, Max, and I'm so angry at Max for having VR, and he has not invested in any VR porn yet. Who doesn't get round to that what immediately? The f- well, when you, when you visit in a couple of weeks, I'll just leave you in the room for 10 minutes. Ten minutes lying there, naked. Ten, uh, eight, eight, seven, seven, seven minutes to set up, and then 
Oh yeah, then thirty seconds to come. <laughs> <laughs> I know. While watching AEW All Out twenty twenty one, I'm going to close the window. In the... It's like, it's late, and I I just realised I've just shouted about VR porn and come out <laughs> the window. So let's sort that out. Fantastic. Well, obviously, okay, let's do this. Well, before we get to that, first, let's get to know Max and Jesse again. Let's see what other yeah. stuff these guys are into. Remember, I said it was going to be porn, but let's not go down that path. <laughs> we already talked about Remember coming and shit. I said there was going to be porn. That's the best quote ever. How about this? Let's just do regular movies. How about, Jesse, what's your favorite horror movie of all time? A favorite horror movie of all time? Um, oh, God. Um, probably... Uh, don't look now. Don't look now. What the fuck is that? Old school. It's a Donald Sutherland film from the seventies. Oh shit! Um, have you ever said this is a spoiler? Um, so, like, sorry, but um, have enough. you ever said like the Red Dwarf that stabs people to death? Sure. In, the Dwarf in Red stuff. Oh, it's a fucking familiar. good film, man. You should watch it. And it's got a sex scene in it that lasts for about thirty minutes, and it's a bit Fuck. too real, especially when you're watching it with your mum when you're twelve years old. It happened, and it was awkward. Donald, Donald Sutherland was proper 70s, you know, porn tash and everything as well, right, which right, right. doesn't help the situation. How about your favorite, like, modern-day, I guess, horror villain? How about that? Modern-day horror villain? This yeah, is like, getting niche. No, like Jason, Freddy, like, I don't know, Chucky. Like, what's your favorite of all those? Uh, the Leprechaun. Fuck Have you ever you. seen any of the Leprechaun films with I, Warwick Davis? I think everyone's seen at least one of them. There's like a hundred of them by now. Yeah, Leprechaun's my guy. <laughs> okay, I don't know what else to say. No one would. I would never <laughs> thought of anyone picking Leprechaun over, say, Michael Myers or someone. I don't like sharing my things. I know no one else will pick him, so he's mine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, Max, how about you? Favorite horror movie, man? Um, ooh, tough one. For me, the one that's kind of stuck in my head recently is Green Room. So it's like a thriller horror, and it's about a bunch of kids who go and play at a Nazi camp. They play a punk show, and they open up with Nazi punks fuck off, and then all the Nazis are just hunting them from the land. And it is just unsettling and traumatic, and Patrick Stewart plays a Nazi leader, and it's just fantastic. Okay. How again? Same thing. How about favorite horror villain? I won't be as niche or as hipster dick as Jesse Wellwood. It's Freddy. It's always Freddy. All right. Me what too, about- my friend. That is my favorite as well. And Jesse. Max, just we forgot about Santa. Oh. We forgot about Santa's sleigh. If we want uh, to bring yes, the Goldberg oh, classic, that's the right. Goldberg film where he plays evil Santa Claus. That has to be up there. Yeah, that's right. Because you did bring him up. Because that's where you saw his wife, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, you need to watch it, Steve. I promise you, you won't regret it. <laughs> it's a, it's a, get the family round, put it on at Christmas, and you, you won't regret it. It's Christmas okay. classic. Fair enough. Okay, okay, okay. How about favorite comedy, Jesse? Favorite comedy of all time? I know, that's um, hard. It would be a toss-up between Airplane and Young Frankenstein. Okay, Airplane I appreciate. Nice shout-out there. Young Frankenstein, eh? Wow. Yeah. Good film. Comedy gold every time. It is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Putting on the Ritz is one of the greatest scenes ever from Young Frankenstein. Uh, The policeman who has that arm. Do you remember the um, sort of Transylvanian policeman with the arm? Who's in Malcolm in the Middle? I'm rewatching Malcolm in the Middle at the moment and he runs a ranch. And the, um, Francis works out, so it was nice to see him. Again, he's not he's an American actor, but clearly he just gets hired to do German accents because that's all he does in... <laughs> Is he not actually German? No, he's from, like, Chicago. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> funny, yeah, funny. I looked him up for that reason. And sort of same with Cloris Leachman. She's in it as well, and she always seems to put on an accent in everything she's in. Fair enough. Stay in your wheelhouse, man. If that's what you're good at, go for it. Yeah, no kidding, yeah, right? Totally. What about but you, yeah, Max? Airplane, oh. like, okay, laughs, airplane, though, like, laughs per minute. I don't think there's any film that beats it. It's just, just doesn't stop. Do you know what I mean? And you know what? I think it still holds up, too. Yeah, totally. Yes, definitely. All right, Max. Um, I'll have two, then. So, old school comedy would be Blazing Saddles. I think Blazing Saddles, like, wow. Frankenstein okay. does not change. For yeah. modern, it has to be I Love You Man. Like me and Jesse have oh. talked I Love You Man and yeah. each other more than we've ever talked 
it's true. it's a classic. You got it, Jobin. <laughs> Silly slicker. <laughs> See, that's what we do. That's how we communicate through our lovely microbes. Now, how about this guy? Me, well, my favorite comedy. I'll have to. Ace Ventura's up there for sure. The first one. Yes, obviously. Yeah. Yes, yes. Ace Ventura, and fuck, man. Um, com did oh, fuck. I'm such a comedy buff too. Ah, oh, man. You know what? I'll just take with Ace Ventura because that's the one I could just put on over and over, and I pretty much know every scene. So even though it's a bit sketchy with the terminology they used back in the day, but you know what? You got to take that all out of it and, you know, put it into perspective and it's still comedy gold. I'm into it. I'm, that's due a rewatch for me. I haven't watched that for a while. Wow. Is the, I always get confused which one's which. The first one, is that the one with Einhorn or? Yes. yes. Pet Detective, where the dolphin yes. um, is um, kidnapped. Yeah. Second one is when he's in the jungle. That's right. And he okay. comes out of the rhino's ass. the second one. I, the first one's much better, I think. Your gun is sticking into my hip. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. You know, it's relatable. So I'll speak for yourself, my friend. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> How about favorite comedic actor of all times for you guys? Mm, favorite comedic actor? I mean, Jim Carrey is hard to top. He's definitely up there. Sure. Of what he does. Oh, that's a really hard question, actually. Mm. Yeah, Jim Carrey's up there. Um, Robin Williams is one of mine. Robin Williams. Robin Williams, yeah, obviously, great shout. Um, You know, someone who's underrated as a comedy actor, I think, is Mm. Tom Hanks. People obviously know of of him as a great actor, but a lot of his 80s films were kind of goofy comedies, and I think he did an amazing job in them. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, top three for sure. You guys ready for some wrestling? I know these guys are biting oh, at the bit. I fucking love pro wrestling. <laughs> it was it was a good show. I think Max liked it more than me. Um, but the the moment I know because I could tell by like you know, I could see your boner, Max. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it but, is large. Moments outshone the wrestling without a doubt. Uh, I don't know. I think just top to bottom consistency of that solid a card match after match like I, I'd never had a match where I was checking my phone yeah at all um, so for me it was just solid you're right the moments obviously were the shining star but some of the wrestling was was fantastic four debuts in one show that's crazy right bold bold okay. yeah Steve you're gonna have to like corral us as sheep otherwise we're gonna be all over the shot so do we start at the beginning like what do we give away what do we not say I'm so excited well okay let's talk about what we talked about last time CM Punk let's start off with his match how about that fair enough okay yeah Jesse you you wanted to take this battle yeah I'll, I'll, I'll take this match uh, so uh, Dar- Darby Allen is obviously a star and I think the match was perfect for keeping him looking strong. It was exactly what it needed to be. And I like that. Um, I don't know if it was intentional or not, okay. but Punk looked a bit rusty. But based on his promos, like leading up to this match, that totally worked. He's supposed to be rusty. Mm. He hasn't rested for seven years. He was yeah. unsure whether he could do it or not. And it and it felt like that. So if like the psychology of the match felt like that, like the slow chain wrestling to begin with, and it was, and all of Punk's offense came from Darby Allen trying something high risk that didn't pay off. True. Like that was every time Punk did something good, it was because of that. Um, he obviously hit to go to sleep early. I love that Darby Allen fell out the ring for it. That's just a perfect way to do that. Um, Punk's attire, I thought was wicked. I like the sort okay. of Shawn Michaels tights that he has. Um, I totally get if you haven't wrestled for seven years and then you look at your old gear, it's just like, oh man, I just feel like I'm in my pants. Do you know what I mean? Like that, <laughs> just, that would be like weird. 45, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, is, exactly. Yeah. But um, I think the match was exactly what it needed to be. You didn't, when you're CM Punk in Chicago like that, you don't need to put on a five star classic. You just need the sold out crowd, just need to see you, hear your music. They're like, fucking hell, this is a mess. Yeah. Um, the sit-up spot from the coffin drop I thought was brilliant oh. um, and could have gone wrong <laughs> yes. quite close the timing of that I was like yeah. stood up after that happening so I was like, hey. um, 
Darby's um, Irish whip into the corner when he sort of went sideways and hit the bar yes. and fell out the ring. That was, that was awesome. Um, it's not, see, the thing with these matches, they, they do you don't always realise what you've seen until it's over and they just show you the highlights, don't they, like, at the end of the match. And it's just like, bang, 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 this happened, that happened, this happened. And you go, oh, fuck, yeah, like, this actually was a good match. See, well, that's and, what I was just going to tell you because watching it, I was like, this is a lot slower paced than I thought it would be. But then just like you said, when you watch the highlights, you're like, oh, damn, they did do some high-risk stuff and, like, you yeah. know what I mean, out-of-the-ring stuff. So, actually, it was good. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but, totally. I think, yeah, the, the pacing was so perfect. They didn't need to go a mile a minute at the start because the crowd was so hot. Sure. Yeah. They didn't need to bring them alive. They could have just chain wrestled holds as they did for like probably a good 10 minutes. Yeah. And Punk then when the crowd calmed down, they went full gear with it. Punk could have just taken a shit in the middle of the <laughs> ring, like flung his wrist tape at some woman in the front row sure. and left and everyone would have given him a standing ovation. But it, yeah, it was brilliant. And I, I like that. This is one of my favorite things in wrestling when Sting came out at the end and um, shook Punk's hand. And it's like, like it's a nice moment, but it's like, you know, oh, you, you beat up my friend. Well done. <laughs> Why would you shake someone's hand for that? Uh, but and then there was a moment when um, Darby Allen and Punk were shaking hands at the end and Sting was standing behind them. Like, you always, there's always something in the back of your that, mind, isn't there? Wrestling you know, training, Sting's but gonna, like, Sting's gonna grab him. Yep, I was thinking the something. exact same thing. Yeah. Or he was gonna drop Darby Allen, one or the other. Like I just thought Sting was yeah, gonna yeah, do yeah. something and set something up for something else in the future, but alas, nothing happened. Yeah, but he didn't, which was nice. Um, we obviously we'll talk about this later. Certain, like, certain debuts happened and stuff. Of Part course. of me thought the way Punk has been talking that um, the Danielson debut would be intertwined with punk somehow sure. so i was kind of waiting for that as well and it didn't come but how, knowing how it all played out now i think it was, it was a perfect it was a perfect return for punk nice and self-contained and i'm really excited to see who he moves on to next and now that we've got that first match out of the way we can start enjoying punk getting into some story well i was gonna ask you guys that now okay we're recording this before dynamite and rampage obviously after the pay-per-view but who do you guys want him to see in the ring next what is it set up because nothing was really set up for what's going to happen with punk next right no not at all for for me now the the jericho mjf thing is done i would love a punk mjf program Already? Just purely for the mic work. The okay. mic work would okay. just be unbelievable between the two. Um, with MGF doing the whole, you know, I am, I'm the future, I'm the best, you're an old hat, and then Punk coming back at him sure. would just be fantastic. Yeah, I don't want any more face versus face stuff. Yeah, like, I know. Sure. Obviously, you got guys like Jungle Boy, which would be incredible and that Eventually. kind of stuff. But no, I want a heel face dynamic from, from Punk and whoever. Yeah. Yeah, and you forget how young MJF is as well. Like, you know, Punk talks about wanting to work with the young guys. And so MJF is exactly yep. one of them. He doesn't feel like it because he's such a well-rounded character. Yeah. But it's like... Tw- and MJF is one of those people who could beat Punk and it's believable. Like, the next feud, if it's MJF and MJF beats him, you go, yeah, okay, that's, that's how you rub MJF. Yeah. Just like Jericho's been doing. Um, but one last thing on, on Darby Allen, just he is unbelievable in, in that ring in terms of what he can kind of do and the risks he takes with his body sure. is just insane. He yeah. has managed to make the suicide dive <laughs> or like shock again. Like the suicide dive now is like, oh, float over the top rope and do it. Right. The speed and recklessness that yeah. he flies through that bottom rope, like scares the shit out of me every single time. No, that is true. For And for myself, I don't know who... Uh, you know what, actually? How about this? Because he tweeted right after, and he pretty much told CM Punk to fuck off. Kenta, why not bring... He's already appeared in AEW. Everyone's been wanting that match ever since... Well, when Kenta went to, to NXT, because everyone thought CM Punk was going to come back, whatever. But now you could do it in AEW. Why not do it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, go to sleep. Do you think... Go to sleep. Part of me as well, this just came to my head right now, CM Punk Colt Cabana. Yeah. Mm. Some of that some of that real life animosity that was in all the dirt sheets and stuff, like turn that into a bit of a storyline. That's true. I too. think they will. I, I don't think it's the they right choice to. for its next feud right now. No, not straight but, away. But, but yeah. there will be that moment at say like revolution where they kinda of come face to face and that will be uh, the crowd like, ooh, drama. So that I'd be I'd definitely be up for that. Max. Yes. What was one of your favorite matches? 
One of my favourite matches, Steve, which we haven't planned at all, was <laughs> the <laughs> was the cage match: Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks. My favourite, uh, yes. All Out 2019. They had one of the best tag team ladder matches of all time, yep. without a doubt. Yep. And they just made a steel cage cool again by having the best tornado tag cage match of all time. It was obviously the entrance when the Lucha Bros came out and they had like the live wrapping to the ring and the headgear just got you amped immediately. And then just they they started off slow. They didn't go full power. Uh, it was a very slow build to the high spots. And then we got high spot after high spot after high spot. But it was just a very slow build. And then I loved Matt Jackson bringing back the cool back to the PWG days with right. the thumbtack shoe because uh, Penta was bleeding like a motherfucker. Right. That was when he was holding the mask and pressing the thumbtacks. You just saw the blood pool at the bottom. Uh, that was just grim. And when he dived in front of uh, Ray Phoenix, and I was, I'm glad they didn't do too much crazy shit off the top. They just did the one crazy spot off the top. Right. Um, but I just thought the pacing was great. They didn't do the whole big moves pin kick out which the young bucks have been doing way too much recently it's we're tired we can't make the cover but when they did hit they, they got the win um it was very pwg when they were doing the whole super kick super kick super kick come back sure. but that was a I, I enjoyed that spot i thought that was really fun it was just a really fun match it was brutal it was bloody and it was just well paced no, I totally agree. Well, I'll tell you right now, Lucha Brothers, they've been one of my favorites ever since Lucha Underground. When I first saw them there, that's yeah. when I first saw them. I was like, holy fuck, these guys are awesome. Then they went over to Impact. Not a lot of people saw them there, but I was watching Impact at the time. Penta even became Impact World Champ, like, you know what I mean? And then now they're this tag team once again and put them against pretty much the best tag team of all time with the Young Bucks. And it's true, it's a masterpiece. I don't think it's as good as the ladder match, but I don't think is it's quite as good like i don't know it's weird because it's two totally different matches and like you said it didn't have those near falls and there was so much like the combos these fucking four men come up with are i don't, I don't even know man you can't even put words to it yeah it, it is storytelling at its best the the way they tell stories and show stuff is just out of this world how they kind of work together and you know, Ray and Nick Jackson for their high flying ability can't be touched right now. No, it, the stuff that they do is insane. And I loved Penta's emotion after the match, uh, where, you know, he's won a lot of titles in the past, but this obviously meant quite a lot. And he broke down and uh, it was funny when he, he was calling his daughters over. He was like, I need to see my daughters. And you could see the referees being like, no, no, we're, go- we're close to time. You need to go up to the top yeah. of the ramp and we need to move on. His daughters come out and he gives them a big hug. And then he's got like his 11-year-old daughter. Oh, come yes. Over that was a bit weird. I was going to say, I was going to bring that up. That was weird. <laughs> oh, amazing. But Jesse, you're obviously not much of a, a flippy doodah boy. How did you find it? Yeah, I liked it. I'm, I'm not a flippy doodah boy, but um, I I've always liked the Young Bucks um, because they they do it with their tongue in their cheek. It's not that I'm against flippy shit. I'm against flippy shit when the people doing the flips expect us to take them seriously for just doing gymnastics in the ring. It's fucking oh, ridiculous. Now I understand. And, You've never explained that before. Young, okay, now I yeah, get it. So, That's fair. Whereas the Young Young Bucks. <laughs> do it do you know what i mean so it sort of it feels okay when the young bucks do it and they switch as well so they're doing their flippy shit and it's almost funny on how ott is but then they can switch like you said they bring that um the um shoe in with the thumbtacks and everything and it's like it, it and suddenly they have a sinister side to them and they're so good at swipping flipping that switch um so quickly um always been a fan uh, ray phoenix i think is a, is a bit too flippy for my liking sometimes really um, okay i'm always there Sin Ray Phoenix, yeah, but but every time I've seen him wrestle, he's done something I've never seen before, which is quite an impressive achievement. Like he does some interesting stuff. And um, Pentagon Junior, I've always loved because Steve, this won't mean anything to you, but there's a character in um, a British sitcom called The League of Gentlemen called Papa Lazaru, and Pentagon Junior reminds me of him. He's just exactly like him, so that makes me happy. But it's a very (laughs) niche reason to like someone. No, fair enough. And I don't know if you guys caught the subtle hint of okay well you guys saw him put the thumbtacks 
shoe on. But that shoe was the same shoe that Roman Reigns wore the other day on SmackDown. And everyone was going crazy because it was like almost a thousand dollar shoe. So I don't know if that was oh, a coincidence or not. I didn't so, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't catch that. That's funny. The subtle footwear in AEW, the game of the subtle footwear is ridiculous. Like punk with the initials on the shoes and all that kind of shit. It's just, why are people paying such attention to the sneaker game? I love it. What was the initials on punk shoes? So he, when he came out on Dynamite, he had AC yeah. written on for Adam Cole. And then oh, next right, week okay. he had BW, uh, which Bray Wyatt, but obviously that hasn't happened yet. So he's just yeah, but teasing and see, trolling. You see what I mean? You're a fucking internet troll. Do your research, man. Punk came out, came out and said what that actually meant. It was for something else. Now, I, uh, again, my memory sucks. Everyone knows. I don't remember what it was actually for. But it's a, but, but it's a good way to work the crowd. Like, well, and that's why he did it. Like, you know exactly. what I mean? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, just ah, oh, unbelievable match. And I love that there was no door, there was no escape, it was just pinfall submission in the ring. and that's what Steel Cage should always be. I'm sorry, I fuck that door shit. I hate that. Fuck the door. Yeah. Yeah. That should be... Yeah. That cage was fucking huge as well. It was massive. Right, it was pretty yeah. tall. Yeah. And I like yeah, that it, it was looked, It to, looked massive. It, it wasn't just the apron, it was to the floor as well. And they did some cool stuff with Penta kind of trapped in between. Um, they just allowed him to do different spots, really. It was basically Hell in a Cell without the roof. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, before we get to the main event and talk about all the appearances and everything, because I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about that. One thing I got to tell you guys, here it comes. Being the, what is it? The anti-AEW fan. So you said it, Bray Wyatt coming over. He might appear in AEW one of these days, right? You never know. Did you guys not notice that the last four matches all had WWE ex-employees in them and three of them winning, except for, obviously, the main event. No, ah, but did it matter? See, see but that's did what I'm saying, though. See, uh, this is what I'm talking about, what we talked about last time, where the fanboys of AEW always talk about, oh, all this about WWE, but then after, as soon as those guys come on over, they're like all automatically all loved and everything's forgiven and then it's all good and then no one remembers that they were in WWE and now they take them as if they're their own. But it's not about them being in WWE. Like, I don't care who's in WWE. It's how WWE book that talent and how WWE, it's it's their decision. Like, I have nothing against the wrestlers or the characters that work for WWE. WWE has hoarded talent for the past 10 years. They've booked as true. many people as they possibly can. It's almost impossible not to be an ex-WWE person at this point because of how many people that they've signed to contracts over the past five, seven years. Um, and what I like and why I don't go, oh, I'm, I'm just watching a, a WWE guy going up against these young people is that they rebrand them and they repackage them in such a way that now they're AEW guys. Sure. I don't, I don't see them as XWE guys. Actually, make it five because Ruby Soho, we didn't even touch on her. She, she won the Casino Battle Royale and that was, yeah, so the last five matches all had, except for the last one, I was seeing Kenny Omega and WWE person winning. Yeah, that's but that's fine. I mean, it's yeah, it's like the back to the WCW days, right? Like they brought up a lot of ex WWF people, and the only people that shit on that are WWF. It's only when you watch the WWE documentaries now and stuff, and they're like, yeah, they were just buying WWE guy, and they they frame it like it's a bad thing. Yeah, the but see, here, here's the thing, though. The documentaries now. This is what all the AEW fans forget. Didn't Cody Rhodes come out, even Tony Khan saying, we're not going to pick up any more WWE X guys, blah, blah, blah. This is, we have our own type of wrestling. And then look, look what happens. This whole pay-per-view is literally based on all ex-WWE guys. But how, how do you explode as a company? Like, yes, you can build homegrown talent, but then you become like Impact. And that's how you become like Ring of Honor where you don't hit that echelon. I think... AEW is still doing a fantastic job of building up their own stars. It is, okay, you're having these guys in the main event, but Chris Jericho has given a massive rub to MJF over the past couple of, of months. CM Punk has made Darby Allen even more of a star as he is. Putting Jungle Boy Luchasaurus with Christian yeah. has made them stars. You know, Matt Hardy with Private Party. It's not just... That's true. WCW history where Hogan, Savage, Lufa all running for the major title. Sure. It is guys coming in, managing, getting eyes on the product and also elevating younger talent, which is what WCW never did. Yeah, but aren't they doing that sort of now with the title picture? First Christian, now looks like Daniel Bryan's going to be next in line. Then obviously, you know, 
Adam Cole's going to turn on them and then he's going to go for that title, right? So when are the actual AEW guys going to start getting their, so to speak, share of the pie? I think when they're ready. Like, I don't think, let's, let's take MJF, Jungle Boy, Private, but let's take all of these examples, Darby sure. Allen. They're not ready yet to go into that title picture, I don't think. But if you have a card that has your Daniel Bryan, your CM Punk's, you'll get more and more eyes on the product. You well, look at the break, for sure. They said... They said All Out is the biggest pay-per-view buy in the whole history. They've been getting million-plus rankings every single week because they are bringing in these guys to our names and our draws. AEW would never have kicked off as hard as it did if they did not have Jericho in that first slot and did not have Jericho as their world champion. If Hangman Page was the first AEW world champion they wouldn't have kind of hit the heights that they did so quickly. And you know what? That even goes with their announced team. Having JR there, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah, I love Tony Schiavone even more than JR, and same thing with Excalibur, but people don't know who those guys are if you're not in the the wrestling bubble. You know what I mean? Yeah. But JR appeals to a lot of people. It just feels familiar to last Thank you. Exactly. And if you notice, they're giving so much more to Excalibur to do play-by-play. Excalibur does the majority of play-by-play during matches. Yes. Yeah, because he is fantastic at it. Of course. So, for me, I understand the criticism. And and as Jesse says, it's such revisionist history of how WCW was remembered. Oh, they just brought in old talent. And now, because there's this new hot company coming up, and they're hiring, and they're talent are wanting to go to AEW. Now it's that old WCW in the back of your head of like, oh, we're just going to have the NWO, which is a <laughs> t-shirt now, um, kind of running shot. And then CM Punk's going to get the creative control like Kevin Nash. And it's, it's not that. <laughs> no, it is a completely different breed of company to how WCW was run. It's true. Do you remember when Kevin Nash and CM Punk had a feud in WWE? Yeah. That was like, weird, wasn't it? Like, it was the summer of punk. It was weird. <laughs> very, very odd. That was but, weird. But yes, in terms of same for uh, Ruby Soho coming in, like I she always looked thought, awesome. By the way, yeah, I always thought Ruby Riot was a, a fantastic talent in WWE. Right, the Riot Squad was amazing, and yep. I just always wanted her to go to that next level. And seeing her come out there, she looked like a like a hundred percent a star. And I'm Ruby glad Soho with the rancid tune as well. I'm well into that shit. Of the, course, got that see, but now it makes awesome. you think. What did she really because do wrong in WWE? Because look at it. If you say that, oh, maybe Vince McMahon and people are too old and they don't understand like the goth lifestyle or whatever. Look at Rhea Ripley, sort of the same, but not built the same. Like sort of type of like goth style, whatever. Like you know what I mean, and rocker style. Yeah, but she's obviously built like big, and I Vince McMahon Vince, likes big. Vince doesn't like Vince doesn't like women who aren't traditionally like traditional looking do you know what i mean he wants he doesn't like tattooed women he doesn't like long-haired women uh, sorry he does like long-haired women he wants long hair no tattoos just like Ooh. you know just an attractive very looking girl and it's like yeah well lita's an exception to the rule but again like it was only because she had good chemistry with trish that she was about exactly. all the time. that's and what everyone forgets like the minute lita was kicked out it was all they were trish yeah, the minute they were done with Lita, they were calling her a whore. They were doing like crime time was like, oh, we found Actually, a dildo that's backstage. True. Yeah, yeah. And then, I like, even Rhea that. Ripley, yes, she is still in the conversation, but how many times has she lost to Charlotte now? Like, she mm. is just, she's not hitting the same level she used to in like NXT or when she first started. She's just Charlotte's whipping girl. Well, since we're talking about women's wrestling, let's do it quickly too that Battle Royale. I'm starting to see a little bit more hope in their women's division, to tell you the truth. It's not as stale or it's not like a, just a one or two woman division anymore. They're, they're racking up pretty, pretty good talent there. Like, for example, like to me, one of the most improved is Ty Conte. I don't know how she became this good so fast, too. It just shows that she actually cares about wrestling. So that's fucking fantastic. And Red Velvet. I watched her during the, that whole Empower pay-per-view. I don't know if you guys ended up watching that. But... I didn't even know she could wrestle like that. Like they don't show that part of her in AEW. They show more her like her spunk, her scrappiness. But that shit could fucking go, and she's technical as fuck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and we need. To, I think we need to love. We need to give some love to Goldust for this, right? Because he's like the um, he's the head trainer of the women's yeah. division. Yeah, he's, and he's. he's, he's I think he's division. doing an amazing job. Yeah, 100% agree. And even the women's match of Chris Statlander versus Britt Baker. Yeah, that was Britt great Baker's match. another one. You look at Britt when she first started, couldn't even cut a promo and was just rough as fuck. And sure. now is at unbelievable levels of over. 
is just incredible. Yes, there's still work to be done and there's still like botches and stuff happening, but you have a good foundation. You worked in Starbucks. (laughs) Exactly, right? (laughs) But they have a good foundation to build that women's division of. You have Nia Rose, Chris Statlander, Anna Jay, Ty Conti. Um, Penelope Ford is even making Thunder Rosa as well. Thunder Rosa, incredible. Uh, let's not forget Hikaru Shida. Like those are some true. good names and good talents. No, it's so true. Okay, now being also New Japan fanboys, the yes. other appearance, Suzuki-san. <laughs> that was completely unexpected. Like that was the only, only. So unexpected, it cut off his internet. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> it's been weird tonight, isn't it? Uh, but no, that was the only that was the only one that I hadn't heard any rumors about or anything. That was a genuine That's like true. fuck. Like, I didn't expect that at all. And what an awesome random debut! I love it. Just those two going at it was, you know, we've seen it in New Japan obviously before when when Moxie first kind of went over there, but then to see it in in Chicago with that kind of crowd and so smart to capitalize on it, where they announced later in the show that this Wednesday, John Moxley versus Suzuki is just like I will be tuning in regardless of anything else. I want to see that main event. Yeah, that's going to be good, and it looks like now Moxie's becoming the New Japan killer for some odd reason. <laughs> It's a good gimmick to have, like right? you know, Does, isn't it? The guy that stands in the forbidden door, like bring it. I'm, I'm waiting for him and Tanahashi, Tanahashi and that I was kind of stuff say. to happen. Yeah, or, Jay White, we know is coming at some point. Well, well, Jay White, I'm not really too fond of, but I, I get, I get Jay the attraction White. on other people. But I want to see him actually against Okada. Have they ever faced off? Moxley Okada, no, no, right? So I don't think that could, that could be good. That would be interesting too. I thought. You found a better connection for your internet? I hope so. <laughs> Jesse, you're done this evening. You're out. I know. I don't know what's going on. I think I know Bobby was watching Netflix earlier, but she can't still be. It's late. Um, but um, I don't know if you two know this, um, oh. but uh, someone I was watching the show with earlier told me that um, when Moxley first went to Japan, he was cutting a promo. Okay. He said, um, he said, I'm John Moxley from Cincinnati, Ohio. But Ohio in Japan is like a greeting. So after he said it, all the Japanese fans just went, Ohio! (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious! (laughs) It's completely lost in translation. (laughs) I think Moxley is just, all he's saying to Tony Khan is like, none of your guys can hit me the way I want to be hit. It's just a weird kink for him. He's just like, just book any Japanese guy you can that can hit me properly. Because Bread Boy... Bought some, bought some chops and was was going hard. And that was a fun match. Like, second match, loved it. It was everything it, well, it needed to be. I loved him when he uh, bit Moxley on the forehead and then he, like, <laughs> gagged as if it tasted really disgusting. <laughs> well, it doesn't look like John Moxley tastes too good, so maybe that would be a proper no, reaction, right? <laughs> Constantly salty. Constantly salty. Well, like, he, he cut that promo. What was it? He said something. He's like, well, but I've done every drug. I was like... Are you kidding me? You're allowed to say this on fucking TV now. Not, this is one of your top guys. During the show, like, it, what was Tony Schiavone doing? I think it was during the MJF show. Where he was just like, this little shit, this little breath. Yeah. I can hate that guy. That's and right. Tell about to be like, uh, apologies for uh, Tony Schiavone's coarse language, which is a sentence I never thought I'd hear. And then even Schiavone's like, no, I'm not apologizing. He is one. He doubled down on it. Yeah, and then you saw Punk after his match. He was like, Let's fucking go! Like just swearing all the time, and it, oh, it was yeah. I like that. I, I like that a little bit. You know, um, I don't mind it either. Obviously, obviously, coming from the ECW era, that's what made me love ECW was the rawness, the fucking rated R, like everything. Like to me, everything. I, I know why we don't do it because of children and whatnot, and other people get offended. But the way you have a conversation with everyone in your life is the way TV and movies should be all the time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I hate sex scenes. You go in and they're like dry humping each other. It's like, you don't fucking do that in real life. Like, we know what you guys are trying to attend. Rip off your clothes. Let's see some penetration. Let's go. Slap her a bit. Cry. (laughs) In Jesse's case, piss on her every so often. Fuck. She got to her leg while she's trying to go to the toilet. (laughs) Oh, shit. But 
this, exactly, this is a sport. <laughs> like, everyone should be passionate and yelling at each other. Like, that's how it should be. Yes, but I this, agree. Oh, this I is agree. what we were saying last time we were on this show. Is that <laughs> there's nothing wrong with AEW appealing to the sort of more adult demographic like sure. that and WE focusing on a family audience. That's totally well, fine. There's a place for both of them. I yeah. think so. AEW's demographic, number one, every single week, 18 to 34-year-olds. Like, you're not going to lean into the, the PG shit because you know your audience. You know yeah. you're going to, like, hold on to them. Um, before we move to the main event, can we just quickly touch on Jericho MGF because okay. everyone was a bit done before that match happened. Everyone's like, I don't want to see these guys wrestle again. Sure. What else can they do? Yeah. I, I thought that was a great match. And the finish was amazing. Like, the foot on the ropes, counting the three, and then having that second referee there was and then just quickly to the finish at, at the end i i just thought that was a fantastic match and i wouldn't i would have been sad if jericho ended but it would have been a perfect finish for his career um he can't end uh, like that though come on he can't end on like that much of a losing streak you know what i mean you know what's gonna have he's gonna have one more run probably and then he'll ride off into the sunset and then probably do one more run in wwe so he gets in the hall of fame and that's it he's done yeah, yeah exactly but mgf coming out with the y2j countdown was just yeah, like, that, was that was amazing yeah 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 because i popped when i started seeing that countdown i was like oh wicked jericho's doing like you know callback and stuff yeah i loved it as someone who adores heels jesse how do you feel about mjf what mjf yeah I, I yeah he's amazing and i think and i've seen like footage of him at signings and stuff like that and i love that he just stays always like stays an asshole constantly to everyone it's fucking brilliant. It's just, yeah, it's amazing. More, it's a throwback. More heels should be like that. I love his commitment. He's so good at it. He's just naturally good at it. I hope he never turns face. He's just the perfect, perfect heel. Mm-hmm. How about uh, Jericho's entrance with with, uh, with his uh, leading guitar from and from? Was, oh, yeah. Fozzie. Yeah, was I wasn't bad on that. It was a bit, so, when everyone tried to sing along to it, it felt... It was off, right? Okay, so I wasn't the only I mean, one. Okay, okay. Because I was thinking, yeah, I was so, like... So they were obviously trying to create when Jericho couldn't have his theme music against MJF. And right. the whole crowd sang and it was beautiful. But the crowd knew it was coming. The crowd knew they had to prepare. They had to know the lyrics. And like everyone sure. to that show came prepared. No one knew that they were just going to do the guitar thing. So everyone was just trying to... And the guitarist kind of started in the middle of the song. Right? He didn't start. Okay. So everyone was like, Judas of... What? What's happening? <laughs> And you can see remix. Jericho's face was just like, oh, this is a horrible mistake. Like, this is <laughs> not a good idea. Have you guys been watching what uh, Nakamura's been doing with uh, his new, I guess, tag partner? Uh, was it Boogs or Bogues or Boobs? I can't even remember his name. No, has he been doing the guitar playing again? Yes, but very fucking good. So obviously you guys don't knock him He went back to his old theme because now he's face again and he's king and IC uh, champ, okay. if you guys haven't heard. So they're actually pushing him hopefully into a better place but he now has another new tag partner and he comes out and and now elias is not elias anymore so they dropped that whole gimmick it's a whole fucking thing but anyways this guy is i think his name is boogs he comes out with the electric guitar and instead of the violin he plays it on the electric guitar fucking fantastic please google it and just see it once it's great it's good stuff and i think they tried to recreate that but it didn't come nowhere close man no no it was it was was a miss that was a misfire that I was yeah. a misfire. Another I thing agree. before we get to the main event. The fucking crowd. This reminded me of old school wrestling. Like you could tell everyone liked to like in WWE I was like, Yay! Okay. <laughs> this was awesome. Going, going through the motions, right? Like, yeah, yeah exactly. But here people were like, Yeah, like fucking old school te- all all I was missing was the the, the more signs in the crowd. Yeah, That's the it. signs up as that. It was great, but even then, there's more signs than you normally see in WE, right? At AEW, yeah. and uh, yeah. I, I dig that. It still has a bit of an old school feel to it. I saw a big um, one of Comrade's face. That was yep, good. That's right. Um, yeah, um, someone had um, a sign that said "Fix um, Sonic Colors Ultimate" because apparently there's a lot of problem with oh, the new it, Sonic games. Yeah, it sucks. I've heard so many bad <laughs> yeah, things. The AEW fans use this to voice their opinion about video games. Like, every week on Dynamite, there will be an opinion on a Japanese RPG. Like, someone will have a sign for it. But what I also like about (laughs) AEW fans is they're patient to enjoy the match that they're seeing. Like, they're not trying to hijack a moment that's coming, which is rare in wrestling. And I'm not just saying this for WWE. This happens in every wrestling show. 
when Britt Baker did the Panama Sunrise, Adam Cole's move to Cristallander. Fantastic. If if that was a WWE show, Adam Cole's name would have been chanted straight after continuously. But they didn't. They just cheered it, That's and true. everyone internally went, "Okay, we know what's going on." But they didn't hijack the match. They right, focused right. on the two women in the ring, and I like that. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, that's true. See, again, because they're smarks, people like you yes. guys. Like, you know what I mean? They love this shit. They eat this shit. They've been waiting for this shit ever since WWE fucking took a Monopoly hold. Now this is great. Like, and I'm sure even you guys are now going to watch probably Bound for Glory because it's all, what is it? AAA, Impact, AEW, New Japan, all under one roof. This is sort of going to be, hopefully, the new WrestleMania because I think that's what fucking or a world series of wrestling if if, so to speak because that's it should be every major company coming and i'm not saying that they should have inter-promotional matches but have your best guys be represented in each sort of match and have literally a main event for every match for the whole card why not man it only benefits everyone i mean that that's it i think everyone who's an aw fan they for me personally, I just want to be a fan again. And that's what yeah. AEW makes me. I'm not critiquing. I'm not like watching and studying the match. Sure. And, like caring about it. I'm just enjoying wrestling. And that's all it should be about, really, at the end of the day. The, the WWE way has always been close the doors and pretend no other wrestling exists. Just ignore you're in this world. AEW is opening doors to all these other Thank companies. And like saying, oh, well, if you like us, you'll also like this and, you know, vice versa. And the and thing I love, too, it's just it's a, it feels like a community. And the best thing about it, and I, I'm a stickler for the small stuff and I hate this shit. And but now I, name change, I, I sort of understand. But all these guys now all keep their same music so when they go to all these different promotions. I love that shit. Like, why have a different yeah. song in wherever you go? No, fuck that. This is your song, and that's it. You stick to it. Like, you know what I mean? Totally. All right. The main event. Right. So, just yeah, so the main event. When the main event started, we talked about JR earlier. Yes. Um, his, his bit of commentary of the night, he said, um, what an amazing show this has been. And then the only thing he could think to say to right. sort of sum up why it was an amazing show, no one's left early. As if he was expecting the place to be half empty by now. That's hilarious. Like, no one's left early. This is brilliant. <laughs> Everyone stuck around. <laughs> so everyone was not sure that they were going to go with Christian Omega. Like they were expecting some kind of swerve and something. But after their first match, which was a fucking banger, and let's quickly mention how much of a workhorse and this is the best run christian has had of his career sure in my opinion the how old is he like late 40s or something he must be mid 40s i think mid 40s mid 40s yeah. yeah okay but god you sort of think how long he's by the way i was thinking back looking at christian yeah. um do you remember back in like 2003 when he was tagging with jericho and they were doing the whole who can sleep with trish or Lita yes, first and then they had course. their mania 20 match right, and all that yeah. uh, all of that looking at those two back then and looking at how Jericho and Christian have both aged, you would never have put money on Christian aging right? more gracefully, would you? <laughs> but he definitely has. It's that rock and roll yeah, lifestyle, man. It drains yeah. people. Fuck. Yeah he's, yeah, he's laid off the bubble air. Well, and plus Christian had that layoff too. That also helps. You know what I mean? It hasn't, yeah, that's he, true. Overall, I, I would assume Jericho has taken more bumps just because of his being active all the time, right? Yes, yeah, Jericho's never... He's had off-seasons, but not a seven-year... Exactly, exactly. Yeah, like Christian has had. Um, I enjoyed the hell out of that match. It was I great. That there was an old throwback to the New Japan table spot where Kenny just double-stomps onto the table. Did the, I do that? Yeah. You know, <laughs> the Urkel throwback. That popped me, yeah. Ridiculous. The spear to the second one where Christian almost got impaled. Oh. Right, I was, was going to say... Um, was, and you know what's going through my mind? I'm like, this is going to happen one day. It has to happen. The odds are it's going to eventually happen. What the fuck are they going to do during the show? Well, all right, guys. So he just killed himself on a table. Let's move on to the next. Like, I, what the I fuck do you do? On, on the independence, he took um, some kind of power slam through a opened up folded chair. Okay. And the chair leg buckled out and went up it like in his ass cheek. Oof. And he, like impaled him in the ass cheek. And it just became like this legend around like, do you never guess what happened this weekend? So-and-so got impaled in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> two asshole Bob, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> two asshole Bob, wow. Oh, that's a gimmick. That's money. That's, that's money. <laughs> it, yeah. Oh, just a great, I don't know if it's 
Kenny being the best bout machine that he is, that he can have a great match of anyone, or yeah. Christian is actually this good and he can still go. I think Maybe it's, it's a, a bit of both. It's yeah. both. Yeah, exactly. But it's because they're Canadian. That's the ingredient, guys. Please give it. Yes. You know, give us some credit. Give the Canadians some credit. <laughs> I also like that they throw in old, like the Don Callis old storyline of like Don fantastic. Callis, like, looking like he's ready to give you a mission in GTA Vice City. By the way, I'm well into that. I, my favorite thing between because it's just a very small side feud between Don Callis and Christian, where it's like Christian got fired after his first match by Don Callis, and all Christian does backstage is just calls. Callus, a carny piece of shit. And I that love it. me love every it. single time. The word carny is always funny. Yeah, right? Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, the one winged angel off the top. Oh, oh man. What a beautiful. Finish. Beautiful. Beautiful. It had to be that, though, right? Delivered to a guy that WWE wouldn't clear to wrestle, by the way. Like, how ridiculous is that? I mean, in his defense, Christian did not move for a long time. I don't think that's telling. That was just. Why? <laughs> but, what but what a finish. I mean, the one-winged angel is such a well-protected finisher anyway. They've done such a good job with that. And um, that but, so to do it off the top rope like that, like you could, it's great that Kenny Omega has that in his arsenal. He could do that to anyone on the roster and it wouldn't weaken a single person to lose to that. Do you know what I mean? As it should yeah. be, because that's why it's called a finisher. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, That's I think... what J- JR said that in a podcast. Oh, did he? Actually. Okay. I actually thought it was good saying that he doesn't like how many people kick out of finishes and it shouldn't be seen as, um, you know, you're weak if you lose to someone's finisher because it's like, oh, you got caught. You know, they hit you with their finisher. You got caught. Bad luck. Better luck next exactly, time. Exactly, because... You're a bad Back in the day, that's why they developed a signature move. Was they would yeah. hit it, and they're like, "Oh my god, he kicked out of it!" Not too many people kick out of that one, and it made it seem like it was sort of still good. But you know, they were going to kick out at two anyways. But then when they did did the finisher, game over. You know, okay, it's three, it's game over, right? But when you when you do kick out or you do escape, it just it, it's a much better pop because obviously Taker and Sean kind of made this yes. with the kickouts, and the, that's how you get a crowd to pop sure. instantly. But you look at AEW is very good at protecting finishes. Like if if take the Miro uh, Eddie Kingston match. Yeah, yeah. If he locks in the camel clutch, game over. But because Kingston was able to get to the bottom rope, the yeah. crowd were like, "Holy shit!" It was shock. It was actually yeah. like, "Okay, this yeah, this yeah. could work." Um, and the moment because when was was it Kota Ibushi who last kicked out of the One Winged Angel, or was it Okada? But it's been I a think good it was four or five years yeah. since someone's kicked out of the One Winged Angel. The moment that happens, that place is going to explode. Exactly. And you know who it's going to be. It's got to be, now we, we could speak of it before we get to the word story of the week and wrap this shit up, is Brian Danielson. No more Daniel Bryan, or he's dead. Now it's Brian Danielson. Well, let's let's quickly, quickly go back, because let's not skip on Adam Cole. That debut Baby. was perfection. When um, Adam Cole came out, it was like, Oh, that's awesome. Oh, okay, they're going to be saving Daniel Bryan for New York or whatever. Do you sure. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, um, and like you say, the Adam Cole debut was fantastic and just perfect. It's like the Elite are basically old school Bullet Club again, aren't they? Which is amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. Everyone thought he was going to turn on them because the way he got kicked out of, you know, if you watch being sure. Elite, they killed him. He became a goat, like all of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he is going to... Everyone thought he was going to come back and attack the Elite. And then... Just back to Undisputed Era kind of style of just turning into a little shit, hugging them. I yelled at the TV. I was like, no. And I was like, you can't end the show. Like, like, it's very cool that Adam Cole's back and, like, the Bullet Club's reunited. But then that little, little moment of just, like, no one can stop us. And then it hit. Oh, goosebumps. It's brilliant. And Dan- Daniel Bryan, or Brian Danielson, as we must call him now, um, is just... I just know he's going to have... So I've said it before, he's my new Benoit. Do you know what I mean? Ever since Benoit left us, I, I Daniel Bryan's my guy because he's the closest thing to Benoit's wrestling style that I could enjoy. And I think... Well, I get... Well, speaking of Benoit, I don't know if you guys heard, his son has officially started training. Again, he keeps training and keeps not doing anything. Like, I'll be shocked when he actually gets in the ring. Or who picks It'll him. be... It would be, yeah, it, it would be weird, wouldn't it? There was someone, I saw someone in the crowd with a Benoit Club t-shirt on. Oh, God. the AEW show. Yeah. <laughs> Dangerous stuff. For a second, I, it's pretty quick. 
I liked um, how hard Brian Danielson was laying in the ki- laying in the kicks. He was like, "Yes, I'm going to hurt people here. Yeah. This is this is what's going to happen." And seeing again, you obviously, I'm not trying to draw this point home, but I'm going to drill it home once again. Yes, we ended the show with Christian Cage, um, that Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, three WWE guys, but who was with Daniel Bryan, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy? So it's you know those stars are still. Whenever anyone sees a clip of Daniel Bryan debuting in AEW, you'll see those, who are those yeah. people. That's, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're building them. Yeah, it's awesome. That but now cool. it's just like, where is this company going? Like, I was so hyped Anywhere. after that match. It was very much like WrestleMania 31 with Seth Rollins, Brock, <laughs> Jesse, where I was so amped afterwards seeing that. Um, yeah, such a high energy end to a show. It's like you just don't know what to do with yourself afterwards. Yeah. I think the 31, I think you're right. WrestleMania 31 is the last time I felt like that. Yeah, it's true. It's, I, I hope they could continue this run because obviously they know what they're doing now. They've been doing it long enough. You could sort of see the little things they're getting a, a hold of. They know what they're doing. So let's hope now they could carry it and not lose people in the shuffle as well because they could easily, dangerously turn into how WWE was hoarding everyone too, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it's just that. How they kind of revolve people, putting people on rampages. They've got two, sh- well, they got four shows now, but they got two main shows that they can kind of work on. Um, like, I don't care if you call me a mark or a fanboy or whatever the case is. AEW makes me love professional wrestling again as a fan, that's above good. all else. That's awesome. And that's all it should do. Yeah, and then who, who even knows? Maybe you'll see guys going to the other promotions and doing like a little run there for a few months. And that might bring someone over like you. Say, like your favorite, one of your favorite AEW stars goes over to NWA and is doing some crazy shit. Like, hey, you know what? People have been talking about this. I want to tune into the next few episodes, right? You never know. Yeah. I haven't watched New Japan for a couple of years now because okay. it's sort of, it's felt a bit cold. Um, but um, if Daniel Bryan um, has some matches in New Japan, which is now is yes. a very real possibility... I'm tuning in for that shit. Do you know what I mean? I'm going back yeah. to New Japan to watch Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I watched a triple a triple Mania show just because it was headlined with ah. uh, Andrade and Kenny Omega. There I had a great go. time watching it. Yeah, yeah. yeah Actually, just discovering yeah, that, stuff. This is what that was it should a great be. Show. You guys ready for the worst story of the week? Uh, always. That's the only reason we come here. See? <laughs> we didn't want to watch you all out. <laughs> all right. Yeah, sat through that shit just for the weird story of the week. I love saving the weird ones, especially the weird ones, and especially the weird sexual ones for you boys, because I know how you love to get into it. And actually, Jesse, has there been an update on being pissed on by someone who does meth? Have you gotten high off meth piss? Oh, yeah. Um, no, I haven't. Um, so I, I need to find my meth queen. Right? <laughs> and like, I need to find my meth queen, um, okay, okay. give her a couple of liters of water, lie on my back and wait. And so and it will what come. Ladies and gentlemen, please email the podcast at that podcast. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, if there's any meth queens listening um, who have a weak, have a weak bladder, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm ready for you. All right. So... <laughs> A lot of people have had problems going to the washroom. Either crazy diarrhea or the opposite. So what do you do when you're constipated? Eat prunes, take medicine, do proper stuff, right? And the next thing you know, you're on the shitter and then you get diarrhea. Well, I think I talked about this last year. Someone sort of did this too, but I think it was maybe another story. But anyways, bear with me. There was a person in China who was constipated for a very long time. He was like, fuck this. I've tried everything. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. So he took to the interwebs as someone should to see what kind of things you could do to better yourself. Everyone knows you could only get good ideas from the internet, right? Obviously. So there was something that he could have done via doing it enema-wise. Now, what do you think this man tried to shove up his ass to cure his ailment. So he's Chinese, you say? Yes. Um, I'm going with it... some form of fish, like an eel. <laughs> an eel? That's not a bad idea, because it might sort of eat stuff while it's up there. And to you sort can of hold get the flow going. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, okay. What about... Um, I mean, they're, they're good with chopsticks, aren't they? If you've got a couple <laughs> of chopsticks up there. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
That's a good shout-out, too, but I don't know how you figured it out, Max. Yes, he shoved a fucking eel up his ass. Yes. Yes. Oh, well done, Max. You're, you should be a Chinese doctor. No, you know what? He's done this before, Max, haven't you? I think this maybe well, this, this is how I know how to cure it. <laughs> but electric, electric, was it electric eel. Holy shit! <laughs> but something went terribly wrong. Oh god! Well, what do you mean, oh god? You sound surprised. Serving a eel up your ass is already not bad enough. It yeah. sounded. It sounded like a solution wrong. No, he didn't do it wrong. So. Like you said, it's very slippery. You try to hold on to it, it slipped and it went all the way in there and he couldn't get it back out. No, oh man, you need to like, so this is why butt plugs have like a, a bigger bit on the end, right? So that you don't lose them. You needed to, to put a butt plug in the eel. <laughs> so that's probably animal abuse. No, you should have tied <laughs> we're, his... We're getting a bit human sense. Not putting up the ass is animal abuse. <laughs> Right? Widening the bases. No, you just tighten a knot at the end, like you, like you do in your shorts with your strings. Oh, okay. Like a snake <laughs> in a cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> so, poor guy, it started eat, It didn't die. It started eating away through his intestines, went inside his body cavity and everything. Yeah, it went fucking deep in so there. He, he, so, so he's dead? No, he actually went to the hospital and survived. Holy shit. Well, that's, that's a nice happy ending. <laughs> it's a tough one to explain though, isn't it? When you, when you get there. Because you're wriggling about like... Someone help yes. me. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was swimming in the sea and an eel accidentally went up my eyes. <laughs> Why has this eel got a condom on it then? Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> For protection. <laughs> but apparently this is not the first time this has happened. That's why I'm saying I think I talked about this last year because there's been already like three or four incidences of this happening over in China. So. Again, I don't understand people nowadays, even with the anti-vaxxers and all these people saying that they've turned magnetized and shit and they're trying to prove it's like, are you fucking kidding me, man? Like, go fucking jump off the edge of the earth with the flat earthers, please. Leave us normal people alone already. I, I don't get it, man. I, I just don't. Imagine if COVID had started by this eel guy. <laughs> uh, that would be a story. It could be, well, I don't, know, I don't know if you saw the South Park um pandemic special that they did but it yeah. was established in that that it started with stan's dad randy f- having a one-night stand with a bat right in china oh so it there could it could be so it's like why not have a one-night stand with an eel like i did <laughs> he did and he lived to tell the tale which is brilliant i want to meet get him as a guest steve yeah enough of this like pro wrestlers and cool comedians we want rc or man <laughs> we want eel the guy <laughs> I'm going to track him down and he's going to be a future guest on the podcast. Love it. <laughs> All right, guys, plug your shit, whatever you guys have. I don't know if you even want to talk about your upcoming project yet. I know it's only been two weeks, but whatever, floor's all yours. Go for it. Still in the work, my friends. Uh, nothing, nothing to plug. Uh, I think continuing the message of this podcast, regardless of what you feel about AEW, WWE, all sorts of wrestling, just enjoy it, man. That's why we all got into it. It's what we all love at the end of the day. So today I had no spoilers on my phone. I just watched that pay-per-view fresh. It was great. And I had the best time ever. So enjoy wrestling. We'll keep enjoying wrestling. And I hope to do more of these kind of AEW specials in the future with you. Cause well, that's the thing. Let's hope they have a sort of big four like WWE. And then at least like that, we get to do it eight times a year instead of four times. Well, they've only got five pay-per-views a year, so we're covered. Yeah, well, you know they're going to expand. They're going to do a monthly just like WWE. Come on. It's inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. So. But uh, no, nothing to, nothing to plug. So uh, we will let you know. If anyone listening doesn't know who we are, um, the reason Steve knows this is because we used to do a podcast called Got Till Five. We- With better internet connection well, than this. Right and things. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, when, if you listen to Got Till Five, you hear me clearly through the whole thing. So it's better than this show. <laughs> <laughs> Go check out the old episodes. There's a hundred to check out. Steve's on quite a few of them, so make sure that happens. See, you're lucky. I was about to edit that part out because, Jesse, you can't put down the podcast that you're on, my friend. That's just not good for business. What's wrong with you? (laughs) I'm in business for myself. (laughs) There you go. And speaking of selves, you can find myself on Instagram and Twitter under Finger Styles. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, the podcast DAP. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast app at gmail.com. Please rewind to the top of the show. Support those fine sponsors because if it helps them out, most definitely helps me out. Most importantly, please rate, subscribe, review. Only nice things to say. Don't be a Jesse on Apple Podcasts, <laughs> Stitcher, TuneIn, 
SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. One last thing. So we talked about movies to start off the show. Let's end off with movies as well. How about this for each of you? I don't care who goes first. What's your favorite childhood movie and what's your favorite adult movie? Like as as you turn like... As in a porn, No, into an adult, like adulthood movie. <laughs> like once you know what the fuck was going on. Backdoor 4, I think. As for uh, example here, my two would be The Goonies Growing Up was my favorite shit, but once I became an adult, Scarface just blew my mind. Strong, strong. Uh, for me, growing up would obviously be Star Wars. Okay, uh, nice. That was sure. my whole introduction to film. Now, ooh, uh, Goodfellas is always a classic that I will put on time and time again and never get sick of. So, nice. yeah, I would go Star Wars and Goodfellas. Very mainstream, apologies everyone, but you love what you love. Yeah, fair Yeah, enough. okay. Um as a kid, um, I was well into. I was a bit of a Disney kid, you know. Okay. I, I really liked um, the old, like Peter Pan, Disney's Peter Pan, um, Lion King, that sort of stuff. I was into that. Nice. Um, so yeah, I, I liked sort of Disney cartoons. And then as I got older, I discovered Quentin Tarantino again. That's oh. probably quite mainstream, but like, yeah, love Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Yeah, so like you know, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs. Of course, um, they, they were they were they were the big two, really. Yeah, no, those are my two of my favorite, probably in my top ten of all time. Like I own various copies yeah. of those, so I could always go back and watch, especially Reservoir Dogs. That again, watching that for the first time, and you didn't really have those movies with the swerve in it. Like you know what I mean? So it was like, mm-hmm. holy shit! Like you just opened up uh, a new genre for me. And I love that it's all, it could be like a play or something. It's all set in one room. It's That's fucking true. amazing. It's like I never it's thought so of that. Well done. Just, yeah, you can make it proves it proves to get better internet can, connection. <laughs> you can make film, good films for about 50p can't you as long as the story's fucking good like that yeah so yeah. true so true on that note before jesse's internet explodes on him he's max he's jesse i'm steve this is the podcast peace